Good morning. It was quite exciting at the beginning of the service when David was acknowledging that he was maybe too old to speak at a, an all-age service and obviously reflecting how much younger I am. Those seven weeks are very important in our relationship. Um, so could I just ask you to bear with me? And this morning, really try to channel your inner child in one or two of the examples I'm going to use because um, things have slightly changed since I walked into church this morning. I'm going to start off by reading the passage that we have, this chapter from John's Gospel. But I want us to really try to think about the question that we have, who is Jesus? And what does this passage have to help us understand about who Jesus is? Jesus prays for himself. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those who you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, that, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world." My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that we may be one as we are one. I got that wrong. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me. 
and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know me, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So it's quite a long passage. And uh, despite my stumbles, I hope that you have heard the passion and the, um, the enthusiasm that with which Jesus prays. Uh, and it's, I found, a really fascinating chapter to read and reflect. That's why I did decide we would read the whole of it this morning. Because we really want to try to understand more about who Jesus is. And this chapter comes really late in the story of Jesus' life on earth. It comes literally just before he's going to be arrested and tried and uh, eventually leading to the cross. The next verse... At the beginning of chapter 18, just to steal David's thunder, is headed, Jesus arrested. And it says, when he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron River. On the their other side, there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Jesus, Judas, now Judas who portrayed him knew the place, so Judas came to the grove. So we are at that absolutely crucial point in history and in Jesus' life and ministry on earth. And when it comes to the point where John, the dear close friend, a disciple, an apostle of Jesus, is recalling these incredible moments that led up to Jesus' death and resurrection, he gives an enormous amount of time and, and space in his gospel to this public prayer that Jesus prayed. And I, I just want to tease out with us a, a few things about what we learn from Jesus' prayer and how we can use that as a template for our own prayers. Now, many of you will know that just seven and a half months ago, David and I became grandparents. I think she's just slipped off to the creche. Um, she's the beautiful girl in dressed all in pink this morning with some very nice new pink shoes on as well. But Annie's favorite series of books at the moment are called That's Not My. And I don't know if there are other parents and grandparents who are here who've had the privilege of reading again and again and again and again these stories. They start off with a picture of an animal, and it could be a tiger or a meerkat or a pig or a duck or whatever it may be. And there's even a tractor and a cow and a car, all sorts of things. And the, the premise of these stories is that there is something that is wrong that shows the child that that's not my monkey. So, for example, there's one monkey that has too, the, the eyebrows are too bushy, and there's an, and another one that the tail is wrong or that something else is too scratchy. And uh, so that for the child, it helps them to see and identify when you get to the final page in the book, the story always ends the same. That's my monkey, because his tummy is soft or his tail is lovely or whatever it may be. Uh, and I've just found that a really interesting thing that we have to learn in life. The things that distinguish what's true and right um, from what, is, what isn't. 
and that even at a very early stage, we're, we're teaching children to distinguish between, you know, the monkey with the bushy eyebrows, that's not my monkey, to the monkey with a soft tail, that is my monkey. It matters that we work out the, the, from a lot of different things or situations, the things that really are right and true, and the one that we love and the one that is ours. And what we want to do in our lives and in encouraging our children and our grandchildren is to help to identify that this is my Jesus. And I want us to think about how in this prayer today, Jesus helps us to understand more about who he is and how he can be our Jesus. We know that prayer is so important to Jesus. We see right through his life so many times when he took time out, he went away from his disciples, he took time to go away to be with his heavenly father to pray. And as we have just prayed together, he taught us the words of the Lord's Prayer. And he told us, when you pray, pray like this. And he gave us a format for prayer which acknowledged who God is, acknowledges our sins, our need of God, and we pray for God to come into our lives. But this prayer is a little bit different. I turned over the page. I was getting us excited and going ahead to page eight, to chapter 18. So it comes into three really interesting sections. The first section is that Jesus prayed for himself. And the first um, five verses of the chapter are how Jesus and what Jesus prayed for himself. And the main focus of his prayer for himself wasn't, Lord, save me from what's coming, or please may Judas not find me, or anything like that. Jesus' prayer was that how he would, would live the rest of his life and how he would die would bring glory to God. That all, even though he was coming to this crisis point in his life, he was about to be arrested and tried and, 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 and uh, crucified, and he knew all of the horror that that would bring for him. He still prayed the shortest part of his prayer for himself because he wanted to pray that God would give glory to his name through the way that Jesus lived and died. In verse 4, he said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And it's quite striking that it was the shortest part of the prayer that Jesus prayed for himself. And then Jesus prays for his disciples. And he prayed for the people who he was closest to, the people who he had spent so much of his earthly ministry with, the people who he had taught about God, who he had, as he said, explained who God was, explained who he was, and they had understood um, everything that God had done in him, and, and they were ready to carry on, even though they didn't know it, they were ready to be Jesus' um, body on earth. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, he said in verse 7, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Jesus prayed for those closest to him. But his prayer for them, again, is for God's blessing and protection. And also in verse 13, that they might have the full measure of my joy within them. That Jesus prayed because for what they would most need, which is a sense of God's presence sense of God's blessing, his protection upon them, 
and that more than anything, they would be so full of his joy that it would be contagious. And then thirdly, Jesus prayed for all those who would follow him and choose to trust in him, and that includes us, as a result of the life and witness of his disciples. He prayed for his church throughout both the present and future generations. Now, last Sunday evening, when we were looking at chapter 16, David said, prayer is our privilege and our resource. Prayer is our privilege because we, however flawed we are, however much we have failed God, however much we've needed to pray, forgive us our sins as we, have, as we forgive those who sin against us, God forgives us and gives us prayer as our privilege of direct access to the King of Kings, who is our Heavenly Father. It's our privilege to call him our Father. It's our privilege that, as Jesus taught us, we get the right to call the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, Abba, Father. But prayer is also our greatest resource. We get to bring the situations and the people and things that we're concerned about to the amazing God who can actually do something about our worries and concerns. So in those three simple but practical truths in this prayer, Jesus prayed for himself, he prays for his disciples, and he prays for all believers. And that sums up his prayer Our Jesus, who loved to pray, to love to spend time talking to his Father, prayed that his life and his death would bring glory to the Heavenly Father. He prayed for those who were closest to him for God's protection, God's blessing, and he prayed for us as part of his future body, for those who would choose to love him and to serve him and to follow him. So what might we take out of these verses that would impact our prayer life? Firstly, I think it's okay for us to pray for ourselves, but not so much the shopping list that sometimes we're tempted to do, but more that we pray that we live our lives well and that we live our lives in such a way that other people see Jesus in us and are attracted to him that our lives count and bring glory to God. Last Sunday morning, going back to chapter 15, Reuben was preaching, and he said, he was preaching about the the passage, which is the vine and the branches, and he, he was saying that it is a natural result of us as the branches being connected to Jesus the vine is that others will see the fruit of him in our lives. And isn't that our desire? Isn't that what we long for, that other people would see Jesus in us, that our lives would make a difference because other people would recognize that there is something we have, that joy that Jesus prayed for his disciples, that peace that he promised that passes understanding, the power of his Holy Spirit at work in our lives, that others would see the fruit of who Jesus is in our lives. And two chapters on from that chapter 15, and the story of the vine and the branches. And effectively, that's what Jesus prayed, isn't it? That his life would bring glory to God. And it's a good prayer for us to pray as well. Because we need God's help, his strength, his encouragement, his Holy Spirit to keep on living the Christian life, to keep on making good choices, to keep our eyes fixed on what God is doing 
and keep on pointing others to Jesus. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul wrote, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, we have to press on, we have to keep pressing in to all that God has for us. And 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7, he, which is Jesus, will keep you strong right up to the end. We don't want to be people who start off doing the Christian life okay and gradually our passion and our love for Jesus kind of peters out or we get less excited about who our Jesus is and the difference that he makes in our lives. We get less excited about telling others. We want to be people who keep strong and focused right up to the end. And we want to pray for those who are closest to us. We want to be the way that Jesus prayed for his disciples, those closest to him. We want to pray for those who are closest to us and pray for God's blessing and protection for his joy and, you know, I wonder whether we spend as much time as Jesus did praying for those closest to us. In this passage, it's the most verses are his prayer for his disciples. I wonder if we are regular, committed and faithful in praying for our family, our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues, the people who actually we spend our lives with, who we care about, we invest time with. And maybe we need to be encouraged afresh this morning to invest our prayers into them as well and to really pray. And then, of course, thirdly, Jesus prayed for the church. And what a good model for us to pray for the church throughout the world. So I've got a few suggestions of places you might want to pray for this week, places where we have connections with the church. So Mark and Liz in Cambodia... Miriam and Sally and the team who are currently working in Rwanda for God's protection and blessing and safety on them. Um, as we have already prayed, we want to pray for Lawrence and all the team who are heading back this morning after the Great Escape Camp. And perhaps particularly to pray that nothing that has been spoken into these young lives would be stolen away that there would be real fruits as a result of this week of camp. We want to pray for all the other people from Willowfield who are involved in all sorts of other mission work and outreach work over the summer, summer camps, but also longer-term ministry and mission here in Ireland. Maybe it's appropriate that we would pray too for the local church. Perhaps we could remember to pray for Bishop Harold and for his wife Liz as they prepare for retirement. For Karen as she's about to be ordained and come and join us. And for Emma Carson who's leaving us because she's going to be ordained as curate in Ballymena. David Jardine and Rory Blake Knox. You'd have thought David and I communicated better, wouldn't you? But he's prayed for all the things that I had already thought we should pray for this morning and encourage us to pray about. Please remember David and Rory as they prepare for this ordination for ordained local ministry at the beginning of September and this exciting new development for them. And we also more than anything want to pray that the people who we connect with, who live around us, who, who walk past this church on a regular basis, 
would discover something of who our Jesus is and that they would see something of him in how we behave and what we do and how we treat them. And I just want to remind you that we're in the middle of our holiday hunger program at the moment in August. It's a time when we specifically reach out in practical ways to help people who are struggling to help feed their children because of the long summer holidays and no free school meals. And uh, do you know, we actually need as much food for the holiday hunger program, Tuesday takeaways, as we do for all of the Christmas hampers. So there's a list of things on the notice sheet. And if you are able just to bring a couple of those with you next week, next Sunday, it would make such a difference in a practical way. But when you buy them or when you put them in the trolley, maybe you could pray for that particular family who's going to receive those items that as a result of what we offer them, they would be attracted to the Jesus who we love and serve. So as I close, the Jesus who we love and serve was a man who as he faced the greatest trial and crisis of his whole life and ministry, took time out to pray. He prayed for himself that he would live in such a way that would bring glory to God. And that's a great prayer for us to pray for ourselves. He prayed for the people closest to him that they would know God's blessing and protection and joy. And that's a great prayer for us to pray for those closest to us. And he prayed for the church, that the church would continue to demonstrate and proclaim the goodness of God, the love of God to those who don't yet know him. And that's a great prayer for us to pray. So as I'm going to close with a word of prayer that would hopefully encompass all of that. Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. And thank you that it is a great, great resource for us. And we want to bring to you in this moment all the concerns of our hearts. We want to pray, Lord, that you would speak into our lives individually. Guide us and lead us, protect us and bless us so that our lives would count in our generation. And that because I love you, because we love you, others would come to know and love you too. We pray for those closest to us, for our families, for our friends, for our colleagues. We pray for your blessing and protection on this community. And we pray that people would come to discover the joy of following Jesus for themselves. And we pray for the church. We pray for Mark and Liz in Cambodia. We pray for Miriam and Sally and all of the team in Rwanda. We pray for our youth leaders and volunteers and all the young people as they come back from camp. And for our ongoing ministry and outreach from this church into this local community. For your blessing for your glory, and for, the, for many, many people who don't yet know and love Jesus to have the joy of discovering him for themselves. And we pray all of this in his name. Amen.